How's it going? Not too bad, how are you? Good, yes I'm good, thank you, I'm good. Skyping again. Podcast number five? Yeah. Podcast number five? That's what it is. Oh, I've got the creaky chair again, listen. <laughs> right, so, first task for podcast number six, WD-40 on the seat. Yeah, w- right. WD-40 is a fantastic tool. It really is. It's brilliant. Have you ever... Like, fix it, clean stuff as well. And can I tell you a fact about WD-40? Are we going to have to fact check that later? I don't think, you you can fact check this one if you want, but I actually think that this is a genuine fact that I'm so confident in I wouldn't need to check. What do you think WD stands for? I don't know. Water dispersal. And the reason it's called 40 is because that was the 40th formulation that they tested. So there you go. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, still, I think that's still a fact check. You're just determined to check that because you <laughs> hope that it's wrong. Just in case. And it's rubbish. Uh, yeah, so it's not a bad tip there to start off. How's your week been? No. Uh, week's been not bad, actually. This is, has, this is just a... Is this a week since we last did this? No, actually, the last one was on the 10th of April. So today is the 23rd, so we're almost two weeks. Almost two weeks. That's not too bad considering. Um, yeah, my week's been my week's been pretty good. Uh, my two weeks have been pretty good actually. The I think we said this last time. Um, the one one of the the good things about the lockdown and everything is sleep. Sleep continues to be good, but fitness wise, I'm doing a lot more. Um, I've managed to. It'd be interesting to hear how yoga is going because mm-hmm. I've managed to do yoga every single day, consistently every single day, sometimes twice, um, and I 100% feel the benefit of it. Are you becoming and a yoga guru? A yogi. Is it, oh, a yogi, is that what they call it? Yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, no. I actually, but I've been starting to think about, should I buy a book or, or try and figure out a course to go on to start trying to... Because as you know, and as you slagged me for, I'm basically posting on Instagram and the, watching along to someone else doing yoga. Yep. Which I said um, to you before, I found difficult. And we'll come to my yoga in a minute. But I, I, that's yeah. I, you're obviously able now to just know what to do. Whereas for me, I'm kind of cranking my neck every two well, seconds to try and watch power, someone. Just the power of sight and... And hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, actually, are, you, are you watching? Have you turned it right down and watching it in the dark? So yes, <laughs> yes, I'm watching. Just trying to guess what they're I'm, doing with my eyes closed. Uh, actually, I, I think that your downward dog is much more impressive than mine. Do you reckon? Well, I have to say, on Instagram, you do look pretty good. Actually, that sounds wrong. Uh, <laughs> I mean, your yoga poses are pretty good. No, but it, it, it's amazing. I, I genuinely think consistency is the key with yoga. Mm. And there was a breakthrough moment just two, two or three days ago. Me and Cole went out a 5K run. Mm-hmm. And um, like after that, my legs were kind of feeling achy and my, my like muscles were feeling achy. 
And so I did our evening yoga. I, didn't, I hadn't managed to do a yoga for the first morning for ages, so I was like definitely going to do one. And I did it in the evening, and I was way, I felt way more flexible. I can push myself just just quite quite a bit more than I was even a week ago, uh, which is good. So I, and I remember when I was getting reasonably fit a couple of years ago, doing yoga, I did that 14-day Boho Beautiful Yoga Challenge, and I, towards the end of that, definitely felt a difference so that's why i'm just gonna by hook or by crook i'm doing a daily yoga routine even if it's 10 minutes yeah i'm i'm, I'm doing it and yeah touch wood it's been it's been really good and i've also then incorporated so if i do that daily and get that out of the way mostly in the morning before quite often before anyone else gets up usually it means he'll get up and he just crawls around the place which is great that's just um, quite funny actually when you watch your videos is is seeing uh, feel get involved so, and climbing all over your back and stuff like that it screws up the meditation element of it because yeah. <laughs> sometimes he's running up and trying to hit me with things um but you can't see that because it's speeded up um but you know it was it, it, that, that's working well and then it's allowed me to then also maybe do a run or uh some weights or whatever for today for example i did yoga this morning i then did a weights kind of routine with oscar at lunchtime and then yoga with cole this evening because we didn't go run and then the other days i'm going to run with cole or run with cole and oscar that one day uh daily exercise you can go out the yeah. house for and i also actually been um because i still i don't know why but even going out once a day i've been feeling guilty she was like you're allowed to go out once a day <laughs> but i've been doing some runs around the garden so i did three kilometers around the garden uh a couple of do you know that? I mean, that's it's, interesting. It's lucky, it's lucky having a garden, but yeah, that that's true. But it is actually. I found that when I've been out running at weekends, there's so many, there's so much more people out walking than yeah. there ever has you been normally, before. Uh-huh. And you think actually, so are these people who normally go to the gym or go to classes, or are these people who are just absolutely sick of being stuck in the house, or is it a combination of both? But it kind of, to a certain degree, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think where where we live, there's a bit more kind of open space, and you're not in the mm-hmm. middle of a big city, and so you've people are pretty good at social distancing when you kind of walk past each other, and quite respectful. But it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, I, I feel, when you, you're seeing so many people out walking because there is definitely a huge increase compared to... I mean, I, I've been running outside probably at, at weekends, you know, for as long as I can remember. And I always never tend to go... I never never see... You might see a couple of folk walking their dogs and stuff, but literally when I went running on Sunday... Was it Monday? I can't... No, it was Sunday. On, on Sunday there, you're literally having to run down this one bit of stretch of road where I'm, I'm having to actually cross over constantly left to right in a country road just to give people that space. And then, of course, then someone's coming on that side of the road, so then have to slow down behind this granny and just kind of walk for a bit until they've walked past because just, it's just such a bizarre thing. Um, That's what Cole, Cole was getting, because Cole's actually, Cole uh, was a good minute, a good minute, if not slightly more faster than me at the 5K. So he was running off, and actually for the first half, he was kind of staying with me, and then he said, he was raging when he got home, because he, he was the same, he was like, so I said, make sure, he yeah. said, you go ahead, going ahead, but make sure, if you do come across anyone, make sure you're giving them distance and all that, or space, so quite often you was having to stop and stuff, so, so he's actually, he's pretty fit now, 
So he did, I did the 5K in 28 minutes. He did it in like 26 and a half or something. That's good. Which is pretty good. And considering he's not really timing himself or going for it, he's not pushing himself particularly. So, so I did a 10K on Sunday in 50 minutes and 30 seconds. I was gutted. 50 minutes and 30 seconds? Yeah, That's good. Because I was trying to get below 50, but my knee started to get sore. So anyway, let's let's finish on you. So yoga, a bit of running. What else? Yoga, a bit of running, a little bit of weights, but that's kind of falling a little bit by the wayside. But I'm not too concerned by that. Diet, sleep, sleep's uh, sleep's been fairly consistently good, and that's again 100% because uh, I've got a little bit more time in the mm. morning because you don't have a commute. So being ready for sort of nine ish. Before just before nine, easy. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to get into work for that time or slightly earlier or whatever, then so that's that's been fine. The main thing that I need to work on, and I've actually started logging into my fitness pal and just recording stuff, is diet still still pretty poor. Is this still this um, obsession with crisps and chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. That. I wouldn't say it's obsession. That's a bit strong, oh. but yeah, it's ba- it's basically evening crap. I would call it evening. So it's fine lunchtime, relatively oh, are okay. We, are we talking Snacking's about bowel okay. habits now? Is that <laughs> <laughs> dinner? Mm, quite a lot of bread, kind of yeah. related items, and then for whatever reason, yeah, but I'm gonna have some sweets. I'm gonna have that. Um, it's been Easter though. You've had Easter eggs and stuff. And also, that doesn't help. Actually, yeah. booze, booze is a topic we should probably cover at some point. Yep. So I don't know about you. I've certainly, I've been drinking more than I would have normally. Yeah, we have to. In fact, I've got a beer here at this moment in time. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm having tea. Not good. We're spending a lot more money in food. Have you found that? Uh, yeah. Definitely. I, so. I mean, I think the kids but are remember lunch eating more. Kids, I think kids are eating more, and I think because um, they're bored. I think if you get if they're bored, bored yeah. they just start eating, yeah. and that's part of it. Yeah, so definitely bored. Definitely spend them more. If you're out working as well, you'd normally get lunch there, I'm guessing. So, uh, plus yeah, you'd maybe yeah, maybe get takeaways. So you're not really thinking about money on that because it's all going at the supermarket shop. So, right here's a question: I then. Don't know. Have you had a takeaway since this all happened? We've had, I think, three. Yeah, so when it very, very when it very very first kicked off, we had we got an Indian takeaway, just fine. Nicely, the owner delivered it. Um, yeah. Interestingly, uh, then we've had two Dominoes. Yep. In across four or five weeks, and we uh, we got that mini grill thing that I talked about for oh, Easter right. Sunday. Yeah. Which was good. Because right now I was we've done less takeaways than we have as well. Yeah, but that's it's interesting because. So for me, obviously, during lo- I'm not in lockdown as such because I'm in work two to three days a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm out the house a little bit. And I have found actually over the last few weeks that <laughs> and the, you observe the difference, I think, in terms of paranoia levels between those people who have been very much housebound mm-hmm. and and people maybe like myself who are actually out a bit more often. You know, I am at work every single week at some point. So I have to open doors. You have to touch door handles. I have to, do you know that way? And do, I ha- you, do you have like stuff as soon as you go in the door? 
like antibacterial. Yeah, there's, but I, but I don't use it because basically it's you know it's there for for visitors more than anything else. But we just walk through the barrier and you've got kind of like the contactless thing for your card. First thing I wait, do. Wait, 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 wait. We just we skipped over that a sec. You don't use it. No, because I, the thing is, it's like it's at the front desk beside <laughs> the reception. You work there, so you're mean. No, but it's like it's daft because this is the whole point. It's that it's like when you go to the supermarket, and that's what I mean in terms of this paranoia in this current situation, right? So basically, my whole point is that we were made to feel bad because we were getting takeaways because you were getting that whole. How do you know that the person who's cooked it hasn't, hasn't got, washed their yeah, hands? Yeah, how do you yeah. know that they've not touched the packaging? Same in the supermarket. I know. Yeah. I spoke to people who are actually sanitizing every single item of food when yeah. it comes in yeah. before they put it away. And of course, then I'm not doing that. And then, and then you instinctively go, well, "Am I doing something wrong?" And then you kind of poll, like at your work and your friends, and you see that some people aren't, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. So you know, you go. I went to the supermarket tonight, and after work, and there was a guy in there with a full-on respirator-type mask. So not like the surgical mask, not like the mm-hmm. FFP3 one. It was a full-on. It had the side components and everything, you know, and. Yeah. Yeah. And he's walking around, he's got gloves on. And I'm sitting thinking to myself, okay, so you've got the gloves on and you're picking up all these items off the shelf that have been packaged at a factory distribution centre that have been put onto the shelf, a member of staff, that someone who's been in the shop might have taken off the shelf and put back on. You've got mm-hmm. your gloves on, you've touched it. Then you put it in. Then you go about your shopping and you finish and then you go out to the car, you pack it, you put it in a bag. What point do you take your gloves off? And then, you know, when you do take your gloves off and you get home, unless you have some kind of aseptic transfer process like you do in an operating theatre, you're going to bring this into your home, touch it with something, put it in a surface before you sit. It's just... Yeah, I think it is is hard. We're actually taken to kind of try to sanitise stuff that's coming in for the supermarket. And when we got the last couple of takeaways, literally, like, so one of us will take the takeaway in, we'll, we'll... decant the food into plates and take the the yeah, tubs through the back and then you wash, get rid hands of them, and all that. wash your hands. So you're, yeah. you're kinda yeah, yeah, so we're kinda doing I, I guess everyone's doing I guess the best they think they can. Which is good in a way because most people are taking this seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I think though from the kind of limited studies that there have been this is a fact check coming up. It it's <laughs> It's definitely that the vast majority of infections have come from close contact of aerosol droplets with someone that has been infected rather than I got this virus because I touched yeah. a keypad at a supermarket. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's like, so it, it, it can happen. It can survive in surfaces, but yeah, that, but that's why... Yeah, from direct, like, sneezing on something. Exactly. The most important thing you can do is two things, is basically wash your hands often and avoid touching yep. your face because that's the main contact route. You do those two things, then you can pretty much be a bit more relaxed about everything. But it's just really interesting. It's really interesting that we've suddenly normalised the fact that you go into the supermarket and someone's wearing a mask and you don't actually double-take at that. Just think yeah. about that be interesting. six months ago. Do you think it might be interesting because that's less... That's much more prevalent in Asia, yeah, particularly China and Japan. But it, it, they're doing it more if they have a cold. You'll, yeah. you'll have folk wearing them. But um, that's but that's the whole. So point. it's more of a because everyone thinks it's like what the hell did they not try? It's actually it's, it's a courtesy. Around. It's, yeah, it's a courtesy thing. 
Yeah, because because uh, apart from like the guy tonight in the supermarket with the respirators on, who's clearly doing that to protect himself, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you're wearing a standard surgeon's mask, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to. It it's might reduce the chances of you, but yeah, it's not 100 yeah. because it's not an intact yeah, totally. seal. I mean, at our, our work, yeah. a lot of the staff had to be fitted for proper FFP3 uh-huh. masks, and I think they that's had why you can see them when the nurses take this. Yeah. They do, it's actually quite scientific. They do like a quantitative test, so they actually put it on and then they inject in like particles and then they measure the number of particles that actually mm-hmm. make their way through. So it's mm-hmm. a proper test of its robustness. But we had a failure rate of like only four people passed out of 10. That tried it on. Wow! And you think so? Actually, these these masks are, are simply can really only be thought of as being as a a, a barrier. A, you know, they're not going to completely give you that that safety you require. And if you think about normal surgical masks, and there's always this big debate in the UK just now about whether actually we should be routinely wearing these when we're going out and about. Mm. Is that you're absolutely right? They're only there to protect others. But if everyone's yeah. wearing them, then it has that kind of hair defect, doesn't it? Uh, I kind of go across. Yeah, which is good. Um, anyway, we're back on COVID nineteen. Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, but I think that there's so, nothing so, wrong with that because it's such a huge impact in our it's life. Actually, no, it's true. Now, the interesting thing about just just closing out my, I guess, last two weeks is doing more fitness, doing more yoga, has had a positive impact on eating. Because you're uh, hungry and you're eating more. We're, we're going to come. No, no, we're going to come down to intermittent fasting in a second, which is going to yep. be the topic today. Uh, if we get round to it, there's a topic. Um, well, we've not had a topic <laughs> in four episodes so far. We always pretend. We always yeah, pretend okay, there's going to be a okay. topic. Um, but getting round to the the kind of well, so, sorry, the sort of diet side of things. Having consistently done yoga or some form of exercise every single day, or yoga and some form of exercise uh, a lot of the time, um, has weirdly made me le- crave crave crap food at night less, and mm. only in the last few days. But yeah, I just don't. I don't feel so. Hey, I'm just gonna have. I, I don't know why. Maybe and it, you it, think that knackered or you think that's to do with the yoga. I don't know. Fact it, it check. Could be, well, it could be a yoga. I don't think it's yoga necessarily. I think it's consistently doing exercise. Yeah. And it might be, it's either subconsciously I'm going, you're doing all this work. Why the hell would you undo? Because it's so easy to undo. You, you, you go and do yoga for half an hour. That's maybe 150 calories, 200 tops. Mm-hmm. And that's pushing it. Um. You eat a Mars bar and that's 250 calories. Mars bars, yep. Or a packet of crisps, 170 calories. Really? You have a, you have, you have olive oil in your, your food, that's 100 calories right there. Butter on your bread. It's like so easy to go over. And that's why my fitness part, I think it's quite good. If you get in the habit of not cheating and, and forgetting about what you put in, because it's not just two slices of toast, for example, it's two slices of toast and the butter you put on it. And it's the so, butter. so is is that basically an app that you're just recording the calories mm. of what you consume? You never heard of MyFitnessPal? Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never used it. Try it. Try it next time and see how you go on, actually. There's a little, there's that a little be a challenge test. for yeah, you. A challenge you for you basically put in how many calories you think you should have in a day, so it's going to be give or take 2,000. If you want to lose weight, then you 
you drop it a little bit if you want to maintain you say about the same but then you literally you can barcode things so you can scan the barcode and it'll tell you how many calories you are it gets a bit more complicated if you're trying to do a takeaway or you've just made up a meal yeah but and or you're just splashing in olive oil or you're just slathering but it's hard to kind of kind of you're not going to weigh how many like chips you had or whatever but you can get a good approximation and then you can go oh jesus i'm at 2000 i'll not have that mars bar or pancake or it's difficult though isn't it because it's just it's only then looking at purely quantitative calorie counting rather Mm -hmm. than you know you use the example of say a, a splash of olive oil is x amount of uh calories compared to like lard right let's say for example you well, use two of those i mean I, I don't know what the calorie counts would be but you often find this that actually some things are not that different but actually what you're eating is so much better for you yeah yeah but so yeah if you take the calorie count of a handful of m&ms same amount of calories in terms of cell you need to eat like 20 times the amount of celery to have the same amount of calories so obviously it's better there but if you're talking about micro and macronutrients then that's a different thing because yes you should have a complete balance you should get your the right amount of micronutrients macronutrients etc from what you're eating so 100 so 100 calories is not the same so 100 mm. calories of uh, refined sugar is far worse than 100 calories of olive oil yeah same amount of fat content though the same amount of of impact on your uh, the amount of fat you're going to hold on yourself though um which is why having a massive fruit salad for breakfast might feel like a like a good thing to do there's a huge amount of sugar in that yeah yeah but it's not refined sugar but it's not refined sugar so it's better for you still there's still a ton of calories so and this is where you need to kind of think now the good thing about my fitness part actually does capture where it can or where it knows micronutrients macronutrients fat versus protein versus uh, carbohydrates etc oh, as well it takes so, all that information right okay does, that's that's so, a test then i'm going to try that mm-hmm. uh, I I've, I've gone I've, I've tried and this should be a topic of an, another podcast generally is diet and that whole calorie micro yeah. macronutrients what's good what's bad because i've tried all of that stuff and i think you can lose yourself in it and just yeah. See, um, I've never really bothered about doing no. anything like that. I just try to do the whole Don't. kind of <laughs> what I just try to exercise to compensate for what I eat. Um, but mm. literally last night I made an apple and blackberry crumble, and that just must be horrendous in terms of calories. But adding sugar in as well. Too. Oh, totally! It's full of sugar, <laughs> but it's just amazing. Yeah. It's like the nicest thing you can you but can you also, make. You, you, you're allowed that, but you just need to remember, okay, well, there's, there's 300, 400 calories. So just <laughs> keep going, keep going. I think it'll be more than that. But uh, right, <laughs> okay. Anytime you have a pe- pizza, is ridiculous. Ah, pizza's terrible. Uh, yeah. What about you? Do, do we, we, we've not yep. really talked too much so, about your fitness. So week last couple of weeks, last couple of weeks have been good. I was trying to actually find in my phone there the kind of summary of what I've been doing. So I'm still with my obsession with closing my rings continues. I, I have managed, I actually started this, if you remember, I got my new Apple Watch for my birthday in February. Uh-huh. And then in March, I decided right, I was going to constantly try and, and close my rings, right? Now look at this. So 
Can you yeah. see that? It's not. It's not. It's hold the hold it closer to the middle of the camera. This no, is, no, back back a bit. It's focusing. This on is your great face. for people listening to the podcast. Put of it course. put it in front of your face because I don't know if it's Skype. Oh, it's because you blurred. You only put it in front of your face. Oh, I saw. You've well. got it blurring right. the back. There we go. But basically, I have closed my rings every yeah, single day since the first of March, and we're now on the twenty third of April. Nice. So that's pretty amazing for for what I did because when we started talking about this I said that I just was really inconsistent with it so that means every single day I've done a minimum of 30 minutes of exercise of some shape or form mm-hmm. uh, 500 active calories have been burned and I've managed to stand at some point in each hour of 12 hours of each day uh, nice. so that's been pretty good and again just doing what I'm doing before is that I tried to run so I ran today at work uh, I ran on the treadmill on Tuesday when I was working from home and I went. I did a ten k on Sunday, uh, and I've done a bit of weights and a bit of yoga, and I've tr- I've walked at work when I've when I've not been running. So yeah, so it's been cool. pretty good. But still, do you know, my my meditation is just crap. My mindfulness is so bad, and I can't just get back. I've really actually lost my way on that, and it's bizarre. But, but do you feel you need it? I did one. I did one this week. And I did feel better after doing it. I definitely did. But I, I think it's... Do you, know, do you know what it is? Instead, it's because... See, when normally at night when I would meditate, the, the time mm-hmm. that I would do that, I've, I've started to fill with other things. And actually, ironically, that's been yoga at times, which is obviously like, you know, a similar type of thing. But, uh, you know, other nights it's just been kind of watching a bit of TV and stuff. I don't know. I, I, need, I really need to get back and track with that because I know that the longer that I go without that, then I'll I'll start to suffer from it. So that's my big challenge for the next podcast. I need to get back into meditation because a healthy body, healthy mind is really important. But, uh, but that's my I guess that's my point. Do you feel like there's a negative effect of not doing that? Yeah, I, Men- I, I mentally, I, I probably feel a bit more stressed than and anxious. Yeah, definitely. Right. And what about yoga then? Yeah, good. But oh my god, it's so hard. I can't believe I what slagged you, you for so many years. I'm still doing a. Uh, the 30 days of yoga with uh, Adrienne. Adrienne. Yeah. Uh, day nine, feeling fine, yogis. Uh, so, so no, it's it's good. But yeah, when I look at your... Uh, I, I, I do it in this room, right? So right now I'm in our bedroom because the mm-hmm. computer's in here. And this is the only place I can really go in this house to get a bit of peace and quiet. And I do the yoga. Do it outside as well? Yeah, well, I you know, don't... You're you're a bit more secluded than I am. If I did my yoga outside, no, I have five neighbours. Don't look care. On. Why do you care? But you you would care if you were in my back garden. Everyone you can see you. Don't care. Who, who, don't, right. Well, I'll wait wait until I get a bit better. So, then I'll okay, think about it. No, but even did it just now, I, I just look like a a decrepit old man. Interest. Well, yeah, there is that. But again, who cares? What what's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to go. <laughs> what are you doing? You're going. I'm getting fat. No, that's you, true. Boy. That's true. But actually, I. Uh, I have meditated outside before. So I think, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it, right? But it's hard, man. It's hard. And, totally. and, and well, my poses are crap. See, once you feel, once you've done this 30-day challenge, that should, that'll give you a good grounding and doing stuff. Try a couple of the boho beautiful routines, even the kind of simpler ones. They, because they, they just tend to be much more hardcore. They're either... F- so there's a few that are quite, you know, the fairly gentle stuff and that would say that on them, but the majority of them are quite 
she's quite she's quite an impressive yogi. You said before that was harder, didn't you? That was kind it of is harder for yeah. like you know, yeah, people with a bit more experience. Yeah, definitely it's hard. Or not, or not. You just because you only you do what you can do. But it's just it's it, they generally feel like more of a cardio workout as well. But sometimes it's good. So me and the boys actually did two of their ten minute ones back to back, and they were struggling with them. Were they? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But no, I'm genuinely enjoying it, and I'm definitely going to stick with it. I'm finding, and I don't know if this is just psychological because we've talked about this before in the podcast that obviously I'm overdue my three-month spinal correction with my chiropractor. And I've always found in the past that when I miss an appointment or I start to go a bit longer, my back would start to get sore. And I don't, I, I genuinely don't think it's a, a, a psychological thing. I think genuinely it's because of posture, because of sitting at a desk, because of the drive every day, that my mm-hmm. spine just starts to misalign. And obviously I can't do that just now, so I'm hopeful that you'll go help with that a little bit. Uh, I'm very sceptical. Skept- yeah, it's easy for me to say sceptical. That was a fact check from a previous episode. It was about chiropractors because yeah, you Yeah, no, no, it's, it's all, it all seems to be genuine. So I, think, ge- I think we need to get a chiropractor on as a guest one time to deal with your utter obsession and hatred towards them. What? <laughs> That's fairly extreme. Interestingly, the mad conspiracy theories that are popping up in Facebook from doctors, two of them, well, the only two that I've seen in the last couple of, because most most of the conspiracy theorists are not don't classify themselves as doctors. Yeah, the, the only two that classified themselves as doctors that I've seen, uh, this point another fact check will be hard to check because it's we're, kind of we're fake chiropractors, were they? We're chiropractors. Yeah, can a chiropractor they, call themselves a doctor? Have they got a PhD? Well, it seems to be can in the States, it seems. Anyway, because mm-hmm. these are two these are two from the States. It's like uh, Ross and Friends, isn't it? When he's a paleontologist <laughs> and he's not yeah. he's not a real doctor. In fact, it's like you you lot with me, because you've always done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Is there a doctor in the house? You're yes. not a real doctor. No, you're not a real doctor. At which point someone with a PhD <laughs> goes, actually, I think you'll find I am a real doctor. <laughs> the medics are not. They're MBCHBs and you just look like a total dick. Uh, you've, I bet you've used that before, haven't you? Yeah, I have a wee bit because it was a lot of work. What? Uh, oh. Them were the days. Right, so. Podcast now. So, we're, we're, right, so we're, that was your week. So it was pretty good. Yep. Yoga, you're going to stick with it. You're going to try and get back into meditation. Yep. We'll see how that goes, but the running and whatnot is going well. What about diet? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been all right, I think. Yeah, I. More, I think we've mostly been kind of vegetarian. We've eaten a little bit of, of fish and stuff like that. I don't think we've eaten an awful lot of, of fish over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've done a bit of fasting, which we'll talk about when we actually got into the topic for today. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're now, as usual, 32 minutes of rambling in. Um, but yeah, a little bit of fasting being pretty pretty sensible uh i think mm-hmm. i have been eating quite a lot of chocolate but that's mostly because all the kids get easter eggs and i kept stealing usually Maisie's chocolate because she's an easy target that's my two-year-old <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of the boys know they know everything like, honestly it's baby. like they measure the eggs and you go in and you see it open and you're just <laughs> like you, you take a little bit off and they're on to you uh but yeah no it's it's, it's been all right it's been all right so 
I can't complain. Uh, but yeah, I made a crumble last night, which is amazing. Good. And I actually have to make you a crumble because I'm a terrible cook, as you know. I have no interest in cooking. But mm-hmm. my God, I can make a good crumble. It's phenomenal. Well, you need to, you need to, you need to send some over then. Yeah, no, it's I'll, great. I'll, I'll sanitize it down when yeah. it comes in, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, here's another thing. Apparently, if you put anything in a the microwave, then you're fine. So, so just, just microwave. Just microwave. So you bring your shop <laughs> in and next week. Just put <laughs> all your stuff <laughs> into everything in the microwave. Yeah. C- cook yeah. it before you put it in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. So, but you definitely try my fitness pal then with yeah. No, I'll try so that. You can see I'll try it. that. I'll, I'll, I'll try and yeah. I've, I've been doing it on and off, so I'll try and do that religiously as well for next time and yeah. compare. Uh, good, right? Okay, so fact check. Let's fact go on check. to the fact checking. Okay, so we so our, the first one from the last fact check was around COVID and why Sweden seems to not be doing too badly from from I guess their situation where they haven't got into full lockdown. They've just kind of mm-hmm. practiced social distancing and seem to be managing okay with that. Now, the numbers are increasing, actually, and they've... they've yeah. they, so you don't know if maybe they're just on a different trajectory because uh, I actually saw a really good uh, tweet, I think, the other day, and it was basically... It was a graph that showed a line that says the amount of hours that I've spent looking at graphs over the last... <laughs> 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 Which I thought is true because every single one of us... I mean, uh, uh, I mean, worldometers, who even fucking knew that existed? And everyone it's I great. know now has that and looks at yeah. it every single day. Yeah. And at some point during the day, you'll probably say to your wife or your friends or your colleagues, oh, America's in trouble. Well, America, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in America. I mean, look what's happening there. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, it's unbelievable. Or the other one you'd then say is, I, mean, I just don't believe the Chinese numbers. It just can't be right. It can't yeah, be yeah, right. Exactly. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's... That's, it's that is a fear. But oh, anyway, so from looking, a fact... Looking at the numbers right now. All right, live, okay. Uh, just live from USA, they're 50,000. However, they're 150 deaths per million, which is better than the UK. Yeah. What's their testing uh, ratio, though? Uh, per million, two and a half thousand, whereas UK is two thousand. All right, okay, so, so yeah, but anyway, back to Sweden. Sorry, yeah, so Sweden. So basically, in terms of the fact check, and I think at the time when we said this, we felt it was because that they tend to be a bit better at doing what they're told. Yep, uh, so basically, it seems to be that Swedes generally do follow guidance well. Uh, they've been told to work from home if they can, social distance, reduce going to bars, only visit elderly if required, naturally social distance, have higher. they do have a higher single house occupancy, a younger population, and they tend to stay home if they're slightly ill, so they actually have a the, good public sector, good welfare state, most people get sick pay, so therefore they are... Uh, I mean, they actually have very good maternity leave over in kind of the Nordic countries as well, don't they? Mm-hmm. However, whilst they are not as bad as the UK, they have up to 10 times higher death rate than their Scandinavian neighbours who did lock down. But they're still doing better than us at 192 deaths per million. But you've just given us some live numbers there rather than what was written down at the time. So generally, it, it seems to be that, and this is probably a similar thing to China, is that actually people, like, when the government say, this is what you should do, People are quite respectful of that, mm. and the Swedes are probably m- are more respectful than those of us in the UK. Certainly in China, for example, you know that's the type of 
of state where you can imagine if they are told to stay at home, they will stay at home, you know, <laughs> because otherwise they'll have like a drone attacking yeah. them if they walk out the house and stuff. So it's down to cultural differences, I think. Yeah, does seem to be. Although, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how Sweden does pan out because it's certainly yeah. increasing. And it's so I've just checked that it's now up at two hundred deaths per million. But the good analogy for the UK is Ireland because we almost were bang on with each other in terms of the first cases that we had. An Ireland lockdown, I think, two weeks before us, and it mm-hmm. was in a completely different yeah. path. Because so we, yeah. so I don't think anyone's in any doubt that we locked down too late. Because we had this stupid situation where we were like, it's okay, folks, we know you're all locked down, but we're going to keep washing our hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cheltenham Festival with like, what was it, quarter of a million people or something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, a couple of big concerts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so that's where we are. So that was but the it's first also, It's also easy to sort of say in hindsight as well, because... No, of course it is. And no one yeah. knows what's right or wrong. I mean, we could be sitting here and actually we could be saying, look at us, our economy is much more stable because we mm-hmm. went for herd yeah. immunity. Time, it's, yeah. It's Time always the tell. same. Yeah. So, do you want to do the next one? Because I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> so, I couldn't remember the guy's name, Michael. I think I'd said Austin Holster or something. The guy I was referring to was Michael T. Osterholt, who's an infectious infectious disease epidemiologist that I listened to in the Joe Rogan podcast. And it was really fascinating because he essentially predicted this was going to happen. He's been dealing with infectious diseases his whole career and informs various governments yeah and i'm actually listening to his book called the deadliest enemy just now mm-hmm. and it's really I'm, i've only just started it but it is really interesting and is the main thrust of it is like the main the biggest problem for humanity is our viruses that's what's going to kill us all off not wars also high up there and whatnot but it's way higher viruses are the thing that you need to worry about is that not and, is that not the quote that actually opens the film outbreak. It could be. It could There's be. a fact There's check a fact for next check. week. Right, you write that down, fact check right, outbreak, okay. while I talk about this. He was one of the first people onto the AIDS epidemic before they even knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And he has consistently and constantly had an uphill battle with authorities when he... Talks about the science, tells the numbers. Nobody want, nobody wants to know. And even when the AIDS epidemic was uh, essentially uh, ident- properly identified as a specific thing, and where it came from, the retrovirus and whatnot. Uh, even then, the governments, and this was like the early eighties, still the governments were saying, "Oh, right, there's this thing. We need to sort it, but don't worry, we'll we'll have a vaccine in a matter of months." Here we are, thirty odd years later. Still no vaccine. Yeah. Still no vaccine. Now yeah. we can obviously, obviously, a lot of progress has been made, and you can you can deal with it and whatnot. But still no vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So the whole hopefulness around vaccines should be, you know, you can you just need to pay attention to the folk that know what they're talking about. So I'll, I'm going to keep listening to that book. Interestingly, I don't know. I, I on the commute to work, I used to listen to lots of Audible uh, books. Mm-hmm. But obviously not having a commute, I've mm-hmm. not done any of that now. So it's so you're just affecting your reading. So you're exercising yeah. more, uh, but yeah, you're and you're reading, sleeping listening. better, but you're reading less. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Eh? Do you want me to take the next one, or do you want to yeah, take the next go one? Yeah, go for the next one. I'll stick to the. You can't see it dolphins in Venice. <laughs> so the <laughs> so the so, so it was the what is the psoas psoas muscle uh, spelled P S O A S, 
uh, and this is oversimplifying a little bit, but basically it's the major muscle that joins your upper and upper body to your lower body. So it's pretty, pretty a key muscle and it's connected with hip flexors, associated with the hip flexors. So tightness of that muscle in general leads to low back pain mm-hmm. and therefore, and low back pain is obviously the most form, common form of back pain. Um, and so that's why I think yoga helps with this. There's another guy, David Goggins. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's like the nothing can knock me down or something like that. He's basically this ex-marine who has the world pull-up record. He runs ultra marathons and he's he goes on talk shows and all sorts. Anyway, he didn't used to um, stretch and he could barely lift his legs up. He started exercising the psoas muscle and doing lots of really deep stretching. And he had to do it for like hours a day to get back to a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, but that he was focusing on the psoas muscle and apparently he's like he's so much better for it as well even though he was ultra fit anyway um, so yeah and I, I actually think the yoga is helping me in that because I'm getting more flexible it must be the psoas muscle must be hip flexors so this is this is the, an important muscle then right I need, to, I need to try and find this muscle yeah and stretch it yeah so the 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 next one, in fact, the last one, I think, was around yeah. our conversation that I, th- I think we said it. Maybe we didn't. I can't remember. But we talked about actually that there's an argument that we're the virus. You know, we're Mother, mother Nature, mm-hmm. the planet Earth will be fine. It's humanity that's the we we're we're the virus of the cancer on this planet. And actually, you're already seen differences in terms of the impact of people not being in the streets. There've been less vehicles, less pollution in major cities and I think I'd say that they've seen dolphins in Venice and you laughed at me but actually that's true they have they have been spotted there's a uh, large jellyfish that have been seen there as well the water's mm-hmm. much clearer uh, mm-hmm. and Venice is obviously quite uh, the water's usually quite polluted and air pollution in, in major cities is its lowest level since records began in some mm-hmm. cases uh, Paris Rome Madrid Milan lots of blue skies for the first time across Delhi uh, people in northern India are seeing views of the Himalayas for the first time in their lifetime. So it's there is some positive things. The, the the irony here, of course, is that as soon as we get back to the level of normality, that goes away. But it's just interesting that actually we think that this is such a huge impact. Oh my God, you know, the, it's, uh, this is really affecting our lives. It's such a negative thing. But in a really short space of time, the world almost can kind of like forget about us. You know, mm-hmm. we just find mm-hmm. a way. And you see all these pictures as well of like deer and stuff grazing through cities and stuff well, now this, as well. This could be the uh, moment like um, the first time, I think, I can't remember what it was. Carl Sagan talked about the pale blue dot. Carl oh, of course. I watched that, ast- I watched that the other night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, pale blue and dot. That, it's amazing. Pale blue dot. And when... Um, Basically, when was it? Is it Saturn? What was the? What was the? Uh, I I can't remember specifically, but Pale Blue Dot is no, it was uh, the Voyager probe, I think. Voyager probe, yeah. So it turned round and looked. Yeah. The last picture of the Earth was Pale Blue Dot, and that was us. This kind of insignificant speck in this mass, but also I think it was the first picture of the Earth from the moon landing. Was was it called Earthrise? Yeah, when it's just see the top of it above the moon. And that's yeah. what's, and in the 60s, obviously, and that's what spawned the modern environmental movement because yeah. suddenly folk 
paid it to, like oh my god that you know we are this on this what the world looks like this yeah. is what the world looks like yeah. we're on this one thing it's amazing we exist yada yada maybe this is a kind of similar moment because why would the you know million several million people in uh northern india go i'm okay with all that pollution that used to be here yeah oh, go, no, no no i'm not and and, and maybe maybe Governments will change, policies will change, hopefully, to kind of... Because there's solutions for all these problems. It's just having well, the will and the money to we, do it. I'm sure we said this last time as well. We can't go back to where we were because it was norma- normal or what we consider to be normal that caused this situation. Yeah. So there needs to be yeah. some change. But yeah, it's it's really, really interesting, actually, and all these things and, and pale blue dot we should cover that because i started watching again cosmos okay, on netflix because it's it's incredible when you hear carol, carol sagan talking about that and now you've got um neil degrasse tyson neil yeah exactly and he's he does he's his brilliant. version of it he's really really good uh so i think yeah it's have it, you have you listened to uh it's on youtube his, his most astounding fact no i haven't no i have to oh, check you should, that out you should check that out and it's it's, it's, it's so good because he's so eloquent. He's quite um, poetic when he talks about things. Um, but it's basically saying we are all made of stars. Yeah, stardust. And the fact that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the yeah. fact that we all... Yeah. Um, but that's but like... You check it. It's like three minutes. It's just him saying... Because someone's asked him in like a podcast or a, an interview, what is the most astounding fact? Tells me the most astounding fact. And he says this thing. And it's, it's really cool. Okay, so we're now at 47 minutes and we've only covered <laughs> the initial started. ramble and uh, <laughs> fact check. And I'm acutely aware that it's three minutes past 11 and you can always guarantee my wife is going to start coming upstairs soon and pop her head in the door and saying, I need to go to bed. So we need to start covering what we were going to talk about, which was yes. intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting. Yeah. So go, because it's your baby. Uh, right, okay, so... I start so let's let's cover broadly what intermittent fasting is, and there will probably be a few fact checks. You take note here um, of what they, what they could be. Okay. But essentially, intermittent fa- fasting is a relatively new dietary concept, I guess. Although fasting has been around for ever, really, and different cultures have done fasting and still do fasting to greater or lesser extents to this day. But intermittent fasting came on and gathered a lot of or has been gathering a lot of momentum momentum because it seems to have a positive impact on the amount of calories people consume potentially i think that's a fact check but certainly the amount of excess fat that people hold it's it's been it seems to be quite effective in reducing folk the amount of fat people have when they go on a, a fasting diet and i'll come on to what the science seems to say about that in a second but uh, intermittent fasting is essentially you're fasting on and off on a daily basis as opposed to just fasting which is several days you just don't eat um, you're essentially allowed water and some other liquids mm-hmm. so for example black coffee black tea and I'll explain why in a second but you're basically allowed liquids but you you eat in certain windows of the day and there seems to be two broad intermittent fasting methods people use. One is 5-2 method, which is like five days a week. They're on a kind of calorie restricted, you go on a calorie restricted diet of around about 500 calories a day. And then two days a week, you can eat whatever you like. Yeah. Uh, whereas what I do is a 16-8 method. 
which is basically you fasting for sixty days of fasting. No, forty days. Sixty days of eating. By which time you're like eight days of stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and then it comes all off again in the next yeah. eight days. And then you yeah. go, you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 16 hours in a day how many how many hours in a day to, uh, uh, 24 i think yeah. right okay so 16 hours of those 24 hours you're not eating and eight hours of those 24 you are eating yeah so if you think about it big chunk of that first fasting period is covered from your sleeping so you should be sleeping seven to eight hours a, a day mm-hmm. so that covers one half of the amount the next one is you're typically uh don't eat uh that late into the evening so say you you have dinner and then you have a snack at say eight o'clock at night give or take Mm -hmm. the next time you can technically eat is 12 o'clock the next day so lunchtime Mm -hmm. so essentially you fast from not long after dinner or having a snack supper whatever around about eight o'clock you then are up for a couple of hours you then go to bed sleep for eight hours you then get up you don't have breakfast you can have as much water as you want you can have black tea black coffee uh, and then you eat at lunchtime. Yeah. You then eat pretty much as much as you would normally have. Obviously, you should be having a balanced, like good diet, as you should anyway. But you're not having to restrict the amount of calories you should normally take. And who, de- who decided on the sixteen eight? I mean, why like? So there does what? seem to be some science behind this. Actually, I found an article from. Where is it? Harvard, Harvard Medical, yeah, Harvard Health Publishing from Harvard Medical School, mm-hmm. from Feb twenty twenty, and it wasn't. It was sort of semi dissing intermittent fasting as being as good as just restricting calories, generally speaking. But what it does go on to say is that actually, if you if you restrict to certain times of the day and i.e. this eight-hour period, it does seem to have a better impact or better effect. Because when we talked just about generally... this before, I think as well we'd said that as much of it is about is it not also trying to sort of give your gut a rest? It's kind of like a recovery phase yeah. as well, isn't it? It's not just about because yep. the key thing here, as you've said to me before, and this is that you don't, you don't change the total number of calories you consume within that 24-hour period so therefore your 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 calorie count remains the same but by condensing that into a shorter period it must be to do with the periods of activity and inactivity that means you make what more effective use of those calories or yeah or do you actually subconsciously eat less because you know you might say okay well actually eat the same but in reality would you because you're not going to suddenly go, all right, wait a minute, it's 12 o'clock, therefore I'm now going to have my breakfast and my lunch in the next hour. And then, you know, you, you will inevitably eat less. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's going to be a bit about that in it. Um, there's, it doesn't say too much about that in the literature that I've seen. Um, that's more something I think it's just, it's, it feels like, it feels kind of commonsensical, but that's probably a, a bit of a fact check we can maybe do for next time. Yeah. Um, but what this article is basically saying is why is the time aspect uh, help? Why does the time aspect help? And it seems to be linked to evolutionary uh, or some evolutionary traits. Yeah. Um, so you're not always having to eat all the time. And I guess back in the day, going back to prehistory, you would eat when you can. So some 
sometimes you wouldn't be eating and yep. you, you got to still function well when you're fasting, yep. if you like. Yeah. Um, but it seems that fasting generally when testing people that are fasting versus those that aren't, it improves metabolism, it lowers blood sugar, it lessens inflammation, um, it can improve a range of health issues like arthritic pain to asthma, clears out toxins and damaged cells, lowers risk of cancer and enhances brain function. So there's quite a few. Yeah, the brain um, function thing, I've read about that before. It must yeah. be, and so it's almost like periods of what hypoglycemia mm-hmm. are are what almost good for you you know are, mm-hmm. are good and so so it's just interesting to know what kind of the chemical or cellular reactions are that would would cause that you know is that so, obviously uh yeah i think i think we need to understand a bit more about the science behind it well it seems to be it's very linked and this article also says this but it seems to be very linked to insulin um so yeah. your body uh, typically has up to 36 hours of glycogen stores in it. So your body will naturally tap into glycogen stores for energy. It's easier to, mm-hmm. to tap into that. And the, the analogy, one of the kind of scientists associated with fast, I can't remember who the, guy, the, the guy's name, we should probably find that out, um, likened it to have a fridge and a freezer. And so your body, you should, you, it's much easier to go to the fridge for something to eat because you don't need to defrost it if you go to the freezer. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas the glycogen stores, when the fridge is bare or it's hard, you know, there's not much in it, you then go to the freezer yeah, and you get this stuff and the freezer is the fat cells. Yeah. Um, and you, basically your body will then, because you're fasted, it doesn't have anywhere to go. Insulin's required to take energy out of um, glucose. And if your insulin is low, then it allows that, or, or sorry, it, it prevents you getting energy. If your insulin spikes, it, it, for, it kind of pushes your body more into the glycogen stores. Yeah. It's, just, it's more beneficial. Whereas if your insulin drops, so when you're fasted, your insulin drops, it allows your body to tap into those fat cells for energy and release energy from fat cells as well as glycogen cells. Yeah, because insulin causes cells to take up glucose, doesn't it? Yeah, insulin uh-huh. causes cells to act. Yep. That's right. So that then that makes you hypoglycemic. Yeah. Which will then trigger uh, glucagon to then metabolize glycogen in your liver into glucose to then try and increase. Right. Okay. So you're saying basically the liver with the glycogen storage is actually kind of like the freezer. And then because mm-hmm. it's easier for you to go and eat more to top up your blood sugar rather than release th- those reserves, yep. that it just kind of sits there. And then uh-huh. goes out of date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it just that's a good sticks, analogy. It, it, it yeah. stays as a fat cell and yeah. it doesn't move. And that's why you go, why am I not shifting the weight, even though I'm doing more exercise, even though I think I'm improving my diet? And touch wood, that's what, because as I said, my diet's been pretty poor. Um, but I've not I'm not ridiculously uh, put on weight. Yep. Um yep. or fat, really. Um so so it definitely works for me, and, and the easy thing is it's not it's not like a fad diet. Yeah, it's, it's just simply yeah. simply not. Now I've it's quite good for me because I've never been particularly interested in having breakfast. Like I'll have it on occasion, but I'm you not. You certainly like a breakfast when you come to stay <laughs> at my house. Twelve sausages. Oh, but I see that's linked to booze and all that as well, isn't it? It's like yeah, there's that's other, true. That's true. but. Um, 
the the yeah the the eating breakfast has never been that big a deal for me so therefore it's quite easy so therefore it's it's quite a simple shift from from not from just not eating breakfast to then doing now i'm not i'm not completely religious with that. i don't stick to 16 8 all the time sometimes i'll be just do 12 hours whatever mm. other times i'll go 20 22 hours um, that's what I was going to ask. Is that the longest you've ever done? So have you ever done an f- entire twenty-four hour period of fasting? I don't know if I've ever done an entire twenty-four hours. Um, I've got close to it before because I've just kind of went dinner to dinner. Yeah. Um, but it just really depends on what's what's going on, what I've been doing. Um, I think what I'd like to understand a little bit more about is the kind of uh, this will be a fact check for next time. Is the effect of intermittent fasting on your on normal glycemia, on your blood sugar control? You know, as you know, I'd, I've worked a little bit with uh, diabetes and, uh, you know, pancreatic islets and stuff in the past. And I'd be interested to see actually or understand if, if diabetic patients that try intermittent fasting have better control because, yeah, I'd... There does seem to be linkages and stuff that I've read up on in the past that it helps with diabetes, particularly, well, obviously diabetes that is diet, or if they can be helped with the diet, although I think yeah, maybe like all what, diabetes can essentially like be helped Like what, type 2 insulin resistance, yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the best one. But yes, it's just, it's fascinating actually. So I mean, I tried it, I, I've, I, I do it periodically, I've never got into the habit that you have of just making it like lifestyle, I've done it a couple of times. And I do find it quite, quite easy actually, uh, because it is. It's simply just I I don't eat shit at night. Yeah. Just try to stop after eight o'clock, and then we'll, we'll skip breakfast. Uh, I do find it easier when I have a bit of coffee in the morning. And you wonder, it's a, is that because the coffee's helping to suppress my appetite? So, so this is the interesting thing. I try so quite like the fact that it says most people. Well, pretty much all people say water's fine, black coffee's fine, black tea's fine, because none of those things trigger an insulin response. And I go, I, I do have a quick, why, why does coffee not, or tea not trigger an insulin response? Because there's no glucose. But, but why, so why, there must be other things. Or is it just literally every other drink? Or maybe it's the caffeine just giving you a boost so it makes you feel better. Rather no, 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 it's, it's saying that there isn't an insulin response. That's part of the reason that you can... Because see, if you took a juice, yeah, that's yeah, going to trigger an insulin response. Yeah. And I go, well, uh, is there not some sugars in toothpaste, for example? There's a fact or check. Or sweet... It certainly tastes sweet, whether it's, uh, it won't be sugar because that would be It'll daft, be like surely. sweeteners and sack. It'll be sweeteners. And <laughs> it would be daft. It's like, hey, your teeth try sugar. here, try the new sugar toothpaste. Oh, wait a minute. Um, I've but, been brushing with it, this for a year and I have no fucking teeth. <laughs> but it does taste sweet. So I go, well, I'm a, is that creating an insulin response? You brush your teeth every morning. Yeah, I wondered about chewing gum. So, chewing gum as well, I think chewing gum, yeah. So, that, so that's a definite fact check. Why would... I also wrote to somebody who's one of these intermittent faster people on Twitter about um, a multivitamin as well. If you take a multivitamin yeah. in the morning, does that not... Now, interestingly, I don't know if you... Have you ever taken a multivitamin on an empty stomach? No, but you're not meant to. 
You feel sick. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's you need your stomach to be kind of working to help break uh-huh. these drugs down. So yeah. and the fact that you feel sick or I feel sick, there must be some sort of I would have thought there's some sort of insulin response happening there. Well, I think I mean it, most but, most vitamins will contain probably some. I would have think uh, mm-hmm. some some sugars perhaps some stabilizers some yeah mm-hmm. it's but i mean i think definitely i when i did it in the past for a bit longer it is very easy to lose weight doing it there's no doubt about that so i can understand that actually there's a big incentive there to to try it but at the same time there's sometimes you just get up or oh, for me that's fine. and i just want to eat my breakfast that's fine. And if I'm exercising as well, I find that difficult. It's it's, it's weird because I told you that before, like, oh, but I'm exercising at lunchtime, so I need to eat my breakfast. But then see mm-hmm. if I go out a big run on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I won't eat anything before I go. There you go. But yeah, now, yeah, it's just so actually I'm so, talking crap. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, you're, you're kind of, I think you're, you're uh, what's the word? Making excuses. No, 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 no. When you're, uh, programmed to think that way. What's that? I'm, I can't think of. There's a phrase for it. What, like a predisposition type? Thing? Not a predisposition. But you've kind of you've kind of talked yourself into it so much that you think it's that's that's how it a works. Delusional. That, that <laughs> we know that. Um, but I, so I actually thought I would struggle with it, even though I wasn't that that big a fan of breakfast. I thought I'd struggle with it because I I used to get hangry. But I actually found when I first started doing it I found I was more I felt more alert I felt less hungry um, and it was quite easy to stave off any hunger pangs because hunger is cyclical like pretty much everything else you get hungry at a certain point of time if you just either uh, distract yourself with something else or take a lot of water because quite often you're not hungry you're just thirsty yeah. uh, and you can be yeah. confused so that's why it's important to drink a lot of water um, you just drink water, drink coffee, drink tea, go and do something else. After twenty minutes or so, you, you, the hunger pangs are gone. Have you so found whether you eat or whether you don't eat, your hunger goes away? <laughs> have you found that it's it's managed to help with your? Because I remember I've known you a long, long time. You are not a, a sharer of food. <laughs> no, you, no, you were quite I'm notorious <laughs> when you were younger. Of like, you know, if you try to steal something from your plate, that you had this sort of tribal uh Cro-Magnon man type response of you know like you're like a dog like a really big dog and like you <laughs> you put down its its bowl to eat and then you try to remove that bowl and it will actually take your arm off that's what you were like well, or joey from friends yeah, yeah or I, you don't I, share yeah I, I don't share food uh, no but i would i'm again say i would happily you want some chips i'll buy you an extra bowl of chips you want you want that thing? Go and buy that thing. That's fine, but don't come don't come trying to take it off my plate. Like, is you... <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, do you think is, is intermittent fasting for you? I mean, this has been years now. So, do you think that this has, is yeah. just the, a lifetime thing for you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's and that's the thing because it's it's not. I've tried the trying to do a macro diet of you know, a certain amount of protein, certain amount of carbs, certain amount of fats. Yeah. I've tried prepping meals so that you get a, a, an adequate amount of protein triggering through yeah. the day. I've tried the six kind of small meals a day thing. 
all of that's really difficult to fuck to keep yeah, following. This I think. Is easy. Yeah. This is this is so easy. And the only thing I need to yeah. fix is that just cutting back and refined sugary shit. Which, which actually it was the whole point of us trying to start this podcast in the first instance, isn't it? It's right. trying to find a way to make uh, us as being a part of the world that are notoriously bad in terms of our diets and being That's healthy right. and all the rest of it, to try and make that lifestyle change yeah. not feel like it's uh, you're denying yourself something, that it's, uh, totally. that it's punishment, that it's difficult. It's just about it's making something habit and normalizing it. It's like me and vegetarianism or, or mm-hmm. cutting out meat. You just get used to something and then you can deal with it. People who give up booze, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. What I'd be interested to know, though, this is a fact check for next week, is is this more effective within a certain age bracket? Is this something that, for example, that at our age, it's going to have much larger health benefits than it would do for someone in their 20s or 30s or even someone in their 60s? Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to know. Would be, yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. But it definitely seems to be... So the good thing about I'd say about this is, one, it does seem to be backed by fairly legitimate scientific evidence. Yep. There's a lot of goodness. There's there's good associated with it. Whether you're looking to, to lose weight or not, there's additional benefits that's worth giving it a shot. Yep. Uh, two, there does seem to be some evolutionary basis to it as well. So if you go, you go, oh, yeah, okay, that does make some sort of sense. Yeah, it does. The yeah. human body still needs to function if it goes with an extended period of time without food because yep. it, at some point in time we'd have had to do that for a lot longer than we've been around as modern people. Yeah. Um, three, it's, as I said, not a diet as such. It's it's just a sort of slightly it's a it's a way of eating. You don't have to change your diet too radically or at all, really, to still have some positive benefits. Um, so for all those reasons, it just feels like it's a good thing to 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 try out, and I'm glad that I stumbled across it because it just ticks all those boxes for me. So here's a question, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you were to do intermittent fasting and in that eight hour period only eat crisps? <laughs> have you seen have you seen super size me yeah 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 have, right yeah, that's yeah. what's gonna happen yeah your whole body's gonna morgan spurlock and your yeah. body's gonna shut down yeah. and yeah. it's gonna which is another good uh that was a good he's done another film i'm sure on something else i think he did you not do some sort of chicken farm expose i thought you'd have been all over that did he not he, he did so uh, for anyone that's not seen it, Morgan Spurlock, a kind of documentary guy, uh, did this movie called Super Size Me, where all he ate for a month, I think it was, or he was going to go for all he ate for three months, but he ended up only doing it for a month, was McDonald's. And at any time he went to McDonald's, if they asked to supersize it, he had to take it, which yep. is essentially yep. a massive <laughs> pile of chips and a Particularly huge... Particularly in America. Yes. In America, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he found, and he got his all of his... Uh, I guess measurements, uh, blood sugar bl- or bloods, his various tests done just before he did it, and it, essentially all the doctors he went to as he was going through it were saying, "Stop doing this! You are, you are doing so much damage to your body with this. His liver was just yeah, was so badly damaged. Yeah. It, his heart, the amount of fat that was then just swimming about in the system was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And there's folk that live off that." Oh, I know. Which is insane. Anyway, I'm sure he's done another thing that might be worth looking right, at. Well, which is where let's, let's Kentucky Fried 
Is Kentucky it? Fried, I'm sure he, he goes in and he creates his own chicken farm for fast food restaurants to expose the the ridiculously lax rules you need to face. Oh, yeah, to, terrible. Yeah. To, to say that you've, that's a bit of chicken, essentially. Right, we'll fact check that for next week. Yeah. So, so you're going to try intermittent fasting well, just while we wrap up? Yeah, I think that that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's an obvious thing for me to do because obviously you're you're pretty much the 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 positive control here. So I think I need to be someone that actually tests it out to see if I can do it. So why don't I make that my challenge for the next couple of weeks to try and at mm-hmm. least do some, you know, every other day or every couple, every other, I don't know, two or three days, I'll try and do some fasting and then see how I feel. Mm-hmm. Take it from there, and then we can we can report back in the next one. I think what we should also mention uh, to our listeners is that we had a full intention tonight to try and stick to less than an hour because we <laughs> do feel we, we ramble on and we're an hour and 10 minutes so we are going to try our best to kind of keep this down and make it a bit more concise and I'd also like to talk about COVID and I think we should actually dedicate uh, <laughs> a full podcast to COVID and not only about impact because I think we're going to be in lockdown for a while or some shape or form it might be some time before did you, you and did I you, can find ourselves in the studio together. But, uh, did you not? Uh, did you not listen to episode four? <laughs> yeah, true. That's very true. But actually, this time we're going to back Do you up mean with you some want to science. Talk about the science behind it. Yeah, yeah. science. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, sci- science is the answer here. Well, science what is what's going to fix that. That that was uh, that was <laughs> a, a promise I made to someone. Is that a kind a, of rock thing saying that, that, science? That was what, a rock you, you science. A rock, science. Rock. Yeah. That was especially uh, for my good friend Graham, who was on the QP course with me, who actually listens to this podcast, and that was a thing that nice. we used to do. Science. But basically, yeah, we're involved in some nice strategies and work to actually look at innovative treatments for COVID, and I think it'd be quite a nice thing to talk about as well. Definitely. Very timely. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Good. So I think that probably wraps up today's episode. Yeah. One hour, 13 minutes. Not too bad. So I Not think. Not too bad. Stay safe, everyone. Keep yep, washing those safe. hands. We'll keep, keep washing saying, those hands. Stay safe until we get back to some kind of normality. Um, the new normal. The new normal. Yeah. And uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next time. Yep. See you next time. Cheers, Neil. Okay. I will catch you later. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye.